Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. It's too windy outside for a fire, so <laughs> welcome to the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, we are at the Palm Springs KOA. Again. Yeah, we, we love this <laughs> the place. The Palm Springs Joshua Tree KOA. Yeah, that's true. And there's a sign on the counter of this place that says, yes, it's, it's always, always windy, windy here. <laughs> and you know what? It is. The last time we were here, though. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. wasn't as bad as, well, right now, we are at the very end of the row. Yeah. And boy, we are right in the path of the wind, so. By the way, welcome Hello. to the campfire. Yeah. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks and discounts and you know we didn't have to look at the notes so we're experimenting this oh, it was week. our first time doing it without messing up right not reading only 189 <laughs> episodes right <laughs> we're doing something different we have talked to some people about stressless camping just to make sure we're serving people better and everybody unanimously said you gotta do video. So we're doing video. Yeah, so this week's podcast is available. Well, last week's was as well, the work camper one. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we had a video where we interviewed a lot of work camper opportunities while we were at the Quartzite okay. Sports Vacation yeah. and RV Show. And now we're gonna do video again. And we're going to see how it goes. Now, I will say that we will refer to our notes quite a bit. So yeah, we'll be so, looking away from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so if you are watching us, you'll see us pick up our iPad because we both have CRS. We yeah, can't, can't remember, remember stuff. stuff. <laughs> so we will refer to that. And it's kind of a beside, beside the scenes. It's, yeah, it's a beside, beside the, the scenes, scenes look. Well, also beside the scenes is another version <laughs> of the notes so that I can refer once in a while. So we'll get better. Or we'll stop. Or, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. If you have read my RV reviews, which have appeared on rvtravel.com, they appear in newspapers, they appear at stresslesscamping.com, you may know that I think two, th well, three real things about RVs are ridiculous. One, the small 17-inch oven, particularly in bunkhouses and toy haulers right? That's where you want to have all these people camping. Why is there a small oven? Okay, so that's numero uno. <laughs> numero dos, windshields and travel trailers without covers. Particularly windshields and travel trailers where it's over the bed. If it was over the dinette, then it would make more sense to me because you'd be sitting in your dinette looking out your window. Right. Over the bed, it just doesn't I don't get it. I don't understand it's it. It's bright when you don't want it to be. Yeah, and it the, gets chips. Yeah, which ours has. Yeah. Number three, and yeah, that is in a month old travel trailer. Number three, swishy swirls, particularly on big expensive class A motorhomes. But all these RVs where they have these swirls and swishes and it makes them look like a carnival float to me. I don't get it. And then we go to these RV shows and they're like, we can restore your swirls. Why? Yeah. Why? Okay. You, you don't take see off my swirls? any fancy car with swirls. You don't see the only thing that in the world that has swirls on it, these swishy swirls are RVs. 
And so I wrote a review, and this was on RV travel, of a particular RV, and I said, this would be a great looking RV without these swishy swirls. And I got an email, and I saw who the email was from, the person who designed the exterior of and that RV. And he thought he was going to get yelled at. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> rut row. This person's going to be mad at me. Yes, indeed. No, they're like, our hands are so tied as designers by these decision makers in the RV industry who think these things have to have these swirls and swishes in order to look good. They don't. They don't. So, huh, I don't, I don't get it. I, I mean, do you like swirls and swishes on big RVs? I personally don't. They're not offensive to me as they are to Tony. I don't, they don't bother me. But the ones that actually have like a scene of a forest or something. Yeah, that's cool. I do. I do take note of those being extra pretty nice, cool. The RV of the week that we're going to talk about later, if you're watching the video or you can read the review at stresslesscamping.com, very specifically does not have any swishy swirls on it. All right. So, Maybe you're being heard. Yeah. Well, I think that brand is a new brand. I mean, I don't want to, we'll talk about it later, but that's one of their cornerstone items is that it's a more tasteful RV. So what's your thought? Do you like the swishy swirls? Do you not like the swishy swirls? I was shocked when this individual was so in support yeah. of my post. They're like, oh, yeah, like, someone's preaching it, to the, yeah. I but, don't like uh, it either. <laughs> so. Yeah. You're ready to put your soap, but I'm going to rename this section Tony's Soapbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me. Oh, yeah, maybe I can, if we're going to do video more often, maybe I can oh, maybe make it graphic. maybe a soapbox. Yeah. I like it. I like it. By the way, we get a lot of questions from all of you out there, which we sincerely appreciate. A lot of people have been writing and emailing. Well, I, that's how you write now. Writing right? I mean, it. No, yeah. we get letters Someone's... in the mail. <laughs> letters. <laughs> we get letters. Stressless camping. Stop. Yeah. What did he say? He said. Do, 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 do. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Enough of that. That's just silly. Oh. Okay. So we get emails. <laughs> we get messages on social media. Yeah, that's true. That's writing too. People contact us yeah. asking, seriously, how do you like your new camper with the Masterbolt power package? Has it worked as well as you've said and all that? And the answer is yes. Yes. It has been terrific. We are amazed at how well this works, even in some partial sunlight situations. As you may know, our camper has a thousand watts of solar on the roof and 400 amp hours of lithium battery. We have a 12 volt fridge, which tends to be more of an energy consumer. And we've been in colder camping situations. So at night we're running the furnace and you might be surprised to learn that the fan in the furnace really does consume quite a bit of yeah, power. Yeah, it's, it's pretty surprising how much power that uses. Yes, I don't think we've ever dropped below 60% state of charge overnight. And usually that's because we didn't start with 100%. But right. the system has absolutely recovered every day. It's yep. just worked flawlessly. And again, it's put in by ABC Upfitters. It's a factory system that was put in our Rockwood Mini Light. So it's an option if you buy a Rockwood or Flagstaff. And there are also other brands that have it. But if you are looking for a reliable power package that just 
works. ABC Upfitters uses all these great master bolt components and they're available to engineer a system for you. So some of the things that I really like, they engineer this system not only for your rig specifically, but for your style of camping. Mm -hmm. So if you're just a casual boondocker or go off grid for a long time, if you have a gas electric fridge or 12 volt fridge, whatever it is, they actually take all these things into account and put in a system that works based on what you tell them. Right. And it's impressive to see the drawings and such that they provide yeah. with people. Anyway, ABC Upfitters is a company who we really like working with and they use Masterbolt products and all of the whole system basically comes from one company, the Masterbolt system. And Masterbolt may not be a name you've heard of before, but it's big in the marine industry. Yeah. And as I've said, if you're 100 miles offshore, your tolerance for failure is pretty slim. Pretty low. Stuff just has to work, and in our case, it absolutely has. Yeah. That's what we think of our... Masterbolt equipped solar and lithium package from ABC Upfitters. Yes, that. <laughs> Can you tell how well that was rehearsed? Oh, we don't rehearse. <laughs> we don't need no stinking badges or rehearsals. Or rehearsals, yeah. apparently. But we do need notes, and we so we're going notes. to refer to those because... The Campgrounds of America, with a K, K uh, <laughs> sent out a press release and they said that they found a record number of campers in 2022. That should be no surprise, right? Right. And more campers in 2023. Well, they um, anticipate more campers. Uh, wanna... They didn't find more campers. Right, yeah, it's not like they're like, ooh, hey. lift up that run, <laughs> there they are. <laughs> This was in RV News. It's a KOA report. The KOA did a monthly research report in January. And as Tony said, more households camped in 2022 than had ever camped before. I think anybody who's tried to make a reservation knows that. Right. Actually, 1.5 million more households reported that they went camping. So... In 2021, that number was 58.4 million, and last year it was 60.2 million. The person's name is Whitney Scott, Senior Vice President of Strategy at KOA, said that over the past several years they've seen dramatic increases in new campers, and people are looking for modes of travel that fit and improve their daily lives. Three quarters of the people who camped in the past plan to camp again this year, of those, about 45% have already booked camping trips or are planning their camping trips. Are you? Have you already booked? Have you already started planning? I've, I've got like ideas in my head and some sketchy things, but... <laughs> I'm gonna do some sketchy stuff. Oh. <laughs> so it says that shifting economic factors played a role in how people camp. Nearly two thirds of campers camped more or replaced other type of travel and 64 it doesn't say if it's the same 64%, but I doubt it. It's probably not exactly the same. But they said that camping was a more viable travel option during economic uncertainty. Everyone talks about, oh, the economy, oh, the economy. But what happens is campgrounds get fuller, right? right. Because it's a more affordable way to camp, particularly if you're one of the many, 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 many half a million people who bought RVs during COVID yeah. or already had an RV. Or already had an RV, that's right. So it says, and I, I especially want to quote anywhere they use the word stress, right? Because I, we got to get this message out. Well, they're thinking of us. <laughs> Camping is proving to be a top choice for travel amidst uncertainty. P 
people have faced a multitude of stressors in 2022 and camping trips proved to be a solution for many. We are seeing a perseverance of campers as they make camping a continual priority of leisure activity. Leisure. Leisure. Of those 60.2 million households, 25 or 26% of those camped in RVs. So that means primarily travel trailers, followed by, funny thing, motorhomes, followed by class B motorhomes or type B motorhomes. So I guess class A's and class C's, the motorhomes, followed by vans, right? That's a class B. Followed by pop-up trailers, fifth wheels, and truck campers. Mm. That just kind of gives a breakdown of, you know, what the most people are camping. Most of the RVers are camping in travel trailers, but only 26% of campers are in some kind of RV. That was interesting to me. That means camping has been intense for them. Oh, yes. Also, primarily people, about 45, I think, percent, yeah, of campers stay at state parks. 44%, so almost the same, stay at national parks. 31% stay at privately held parks. And then 29% land. So I don't know if that only only means like hip camp and harvest house and boondockers welcome or if land means also free staying at bureau of land management or forest service it doesn't really specify but that's kind of how it breaks down Uh, you know a lot of people staying at state parks a lot of people staying at national parks and then other places peggy is our travel planner and so i am going to defer to her because she really does a good job of finding great places it's only been once in very, very recent memory that you got stumped. Although we ended up staying at a friend's driveway, so it wasn't that stumped. Yeah, there was one time, and it was uh, about a year and a half ago, I think, and it was right up till the day before, and I still hadn't been able to find a place. I was trying hip camp and boondockers welcome. Well, wait, let's go over those resources. So what do you use? Yeah, so I use a variety of things. So when, when we, well, first, of course, we start with RV Trip Wizard. And that's to kind of plan the route and how, you know, we know how far we like to drive. We like to drive no more than 300 miles a day. So RV Trip Wizard puts a circle around today's destination and tells you 300 miles is any one of these, you know, places, depending on your route. And you learned some stuff about RV Trip Wizard at Quartzsite too, I right? did. There was an RV travel kind of RV Trip Wizard seminar, and I learned some things I haven't put into effect yet, but I did learn some things. But I do use that, and as I said, I know I don't want to go more than 300 miles, so I look in the right direction, and I say, okay, 300 miles is such and such a town. RV Trip Wizard gives me campgrounds in that area. So that's a really the first place that I start is I kind of look at the campgrounds, what their rating is, what their price point is, you know, it's got how many dollar signs there are on it. And I kind of get a start there. And if I find something that just seems amazingly amazing, I tag it. But we try not to stay at campgrounds all the time. We try to do boondocking whenever we can. Yeah, because we have this great, as we just talked about, with the solar system. And we have found, okay, so our trailer has 54-gallon freshwater tank. Right. 
a 30 gallon gray and a 30 gallon black tank, right? And we have found we can make that 54 gallon fresh water tank last like five days, even yeah. with each of us taking a shower every day and all the dishwashing and all of that. So there's no point in paying a campground. If we're, yeah. now we, I try to fix this, but it always seems to happen. We tend to, a lot of times we tend to move day after day after day. So we drive 300 miles, we drive 300 miles, we drive 300 miles, and then we get to a destination and then we stop for a little bit. But if we're just gonna stop for one night and then we're gonna move on the next day and we're not on day five where we need to dump tanks or get fresh, new fresh water, then you know, I try to be thrifty and I try to find places that are more experiential than paid. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, campgrounds are campgrounds, but for the most part, we like going places that offer something other than dump and pump, basically. <laughs> so we do, of course, we use Harvest Hosts, which is, all, and we use Boondockers Welcome. We've used Hip Camp. We have mooch docked in several driveways across the country. <laughs> yeah. And we love doing that, you know, because <laughs> usually when we're doing that, we, well, the difference, I guess, for us between boondockers welcome and mooch docking is we already knew the people if we already yeah. knew the people we call it mooch docking yeah <laughs> if it's a new yeah, which experience we did on then the way, it's boondockers welcome yeah we stayed at your aunt kathy's and that's one of the reasons i think we've said one of the reasons we chose this specific trailer yeah uh, the availability of the power package and the fact that it fits in a driveway right it's still so, only 20 feet overall so we can get into the driveways and then we took well we didn't take out the theater seats this that is we're where they would in be right now yeah but we did uh, we were fortunate to be able to work with rockwood and they didn't put the theater seats at our request and we have these office chairs. Right. We so we're in the slide out right now. Yeah. And when we're in a driveway that's a double driveway and right there is where somebody has to pull their car in and out of the garage, we just slide the slide in in. We only need it out. <laughs> we only really need it out to get to this side of the bed. And Correct. if yeah. we couldn't pull it out, that was one of the reasons that we chose this model is we can access everything we need with the slide in. And there's a huge shopping tip for you. If you are looking for a new RV and you do like to mooch dock or boondock, look for one that you can get to the things you need to with the slide in because this one we absolutely can. The only thing more difficult to access with the slide in on this camper is my side of the bed. Right. But I can make that work. You can it's crawl in from the foot. Ain't no <laughs> thing. So where was I? So I, <laughs> so now I'm looking for where we're going to stay at the end of that 300 miles. I see that there are campgrounds in the area using the RV trip wizard, but then I look at Harvest Hosts and Boondockers Welcome because if, as I said, if we don't need to dump, I don't want to stay in a campground. I want to see something new and different. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things like one time we were at Boon a Boondockers Welcome site, there was a dude who had a rat rod and took us for a ride, which was so cool right so we say you know harvest hosts almost certainly is some kind of experience because you're going to stay at a brewery or a winery or a farm or a alpaca branch or you know all these different things but i mean some boondockers welcome sites are pretty experiential in themselves yeah right and it's not necessarily just a drive sometimes it's just a driveway sometimes it's just a space sometimes it's new friends we got another email in the past week or two where someone said hey you know what i'm 
I don't remember how many years sober, but first of all, congratulations. I don't want to stay at a brewery or winery. And Harvest Hosts does have quite a few non-alcohol based, you right, know, non-brewery, sure. non-winery. But no one at a brewery or winery is ever going to pressure you into tasting beer or wine. A lot of times we like breweries because they tend to have really good really food. Really good food, yeah. Right? And wineries, even if you don't partake in wine, a lot of times Harvest Host does ask you to patronize the merchant, whatever. But there's gifts you can get openers and aprons and glasses and yeah. other stuff tea too so tea and towels and flops and t-shirts yeah, <laughs> a lot of times they have all kinds of stuff besides wine right at these wineries so but um, again if you really are just opposed to staying at anything that has alcohol related maybe it's you know a fresh experience for you and you're not ready to face that kind of thing right there's an alpaca farm. There's, you know, farm farms. There's, oh, there's museums. There's museums, and... car museums, and trade museums. And yeah. I'm just trying to think of the different things that we've stayed at personally that we, you know, we're really familiar with. There's actually quite a few churches. Yeah, that's something new. Mm -hmm. or uh, It's new to us anyway. Yeah, there's churches. And... and if you choose to join it, you can add on golf courses that allow parking. So yeah. I don't think that we've ever added that one because frankly we don't usually have a problem finding a place although we do like to putter around oh help <laughs> <laughs> okay so wow <laughs> keep making me lose track of what i'm trying to say oh, oh man so so we our next stop from where we are now our next stop is going to be in the phoenix area so that we can visit a few friends i was almost stumped again i gotta tell you Here's the thing. In January, probably December, February, this time period in the Phoenix area, it's kind of hard to find. Like, I just want a campsite for one or two nights because there's a whole lot of snowbirds that are spending a whole lot of time there. So they want you to stay for a week or a month or something. And so... Well, the weather there is pretty pleasant, the right? The weather is there, beautiful. There's right. no stinky snow. So I was struggling a little bit to find a place that had an opening that would accept us. And I finally did. And I'm happy to say, well, I, it's a KOA. Yeah. So for some reason, this is, this is kind of a funny story on me. I knew that we wouldn't have to dump or anything. So I was looking for, you know, a boondockers welcome or a harvest host. And I couldn't really find one that seemed appropriate for us. And I was getting a little nervous and a friend told me, well, there's this Walmart parking lot. And I thought, boy, we've never done that. And it's one thing, I guess, if you're just stopping overnight and moving on, but we planned to visit people. So like we'd want to unhook and go to dinner or something. And it just didn't feel right to me to be in a Walmart parking lot for two nights and leaving the camper behind. It just felt funny. So for some reason, I was calling like every campground in the area and they didn't have spaces for me. And my aunt said, you should belong to KOA. And I said, well, I do belong to KOA. Wait a minute. I wonder if there's a KOA in the area. And I finally found a spot. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. You know, you can't always get the free and cheap and KOA is neither. But by the same token, their stuff tends to work and I love their reservation yeah, system. Yeah, they're usually I mean, it's pretty a, nice. Their reservation system is among the better yeah, ones. Super easy to make a reservation. We belong, we have a membership, so we get 
points for every time we spend. And actually, the last time we were where we are now, we got a free night. Yeah. Which kind of made up for the fact that the power pull didn't work. Yeah, but that's okay. That was... We didn't need the power. You know, right. who cares? Yeah, that was janky. We were the best people to like have to use a campsite that didn't have power for two nights. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, and one of the things that we also like about RV Trip Wizard, if you don't know, you can put in the size of your rig. You can put in how long you like to drive in a day. It finds gas, right? It does find gas. I tend to use Gas Buddy because I'm more familiar with it, but it does find gas. But the nice thing about the Trip Wizard and the RV Life suite, you use the Trip Wizard on the internet. On your computer. On your computer. You make your trip, and then when you open your app, that trip is there. And then you use the app to get RV safe routes to your next destination. And they use kind of trucker's GPS, right? So they aren't going to send you on a road that's too windy or twisty or hilly yeah so or you yeah it, it knows the the length of your rig and and, and height, height and all it that don't stuff. take you to a bridge that's not yeah, tall enough you for will your rig. not be on the 11 foot 8 youtube <laughs> channel right <laughs> okay so now we've got koa we've got harvest host boondockers welcome harvest host and boondockers welcome by the way are the same company now and we yeah. even have a discount right. for you that's in our discounts and deals but okay let's say you've got those three where else do you look so we also look for the bureau of land management in the west especially blm land is almost always free camping you can just go especially if you've ever been to quartzite you've probably slept in BLM land unless right. you yeah. use one of their campgrounds. But all that free camping or, you know, sometimes it's 14 days for like 80 bucks or something like that. Like you can't go wrong with that. Right. And it's our land as, it's, as right. Americans. It's America's so, land. I mean, we, so, that's, and that's part of what true. your taxes pay yeah. for. Yeah, so that's true. Like I kind of think of in the West Coast, it's BLM land. and the East Coast, it's U.S. Forest Service. We don't have that many forests in the West, I guess, in the desert. Well, the, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's there, but it's just kind of, when I say BLM and I'm talking to someone from Indiana, they don't know what I'm talking about. So there just isn't much Bureau of Land Management land there. But there's but also- how do you find it? Well, I find it by using a few different apps. The one I use the most is called Free Roam, and I turn on the layer for BLM land. I also turn on the layer Depending on, you know, how much work we have to get done, I turn on the layer to find out if any of our cell phones are going to have service because free isn't much good if we can't work. Correct. <laughs> right. So then BLM land and then any other good resources? When we are down to the wire, you know, it's just a day or two away and we know that we're going to be, we know kind of where we're going to be. There's a if you've ever used an app like a hotel tonight or something, there's actually an app called Spot 2, the number 2, Spot 2 Night. And it is a place that will show you what's available like right now, today, tomorrow. And it, it goes far, farther forward. You can look farther in advance. But when I have not planned, and I want to, you know, it's not so much that it's bad planning, it's just... I just didn't plan because I wasn't worried about it. And then all of a sudden I realized we don't know where we're sleeping tonight. And so that's a good app to look if you know what, you know, what city you're going to be near and look. The one thing I haven't found on that is like a map view. And I, I, I'm visual. I don't want to read a list of places. I want to see a map of places. So that one, I don't use it all that much. Any other good ones? Probably. 
Let me refer to my notes. <laughs> so my notes are actually, I have all my apps on my phone and I've got one that's always a finding routes, always of finding stuff to do while we're on the road, and then another one that's all the ways of finding campsites. Another thing, don't forget, if you do go to a campground, campgroundviews.com yes. uh, can let you, it's like Google Earth for campgrounds, so you can kind of look around. So if you have a rig that has, well, let's say you, you get Starlink, for example, and you're like, oh, I want to be able to, I want the antenna to see the sky, right? This spot is covered with trees and that spot's not, or you have a tall rig or whatever it is. Or you've got all your solar panels on your roof. You don't there want you so go. many I want trees. those to see the sky too. Yeah. So I have also used recreation.gov and that shows, you know, national parks and stuff like that. And then there are a few and I use them kind of interchangeably, occasionally park advisor, campendium, RV parky, the dirt, and that's D-Y-R-T. D-Y-R-T. And we did interview her. We did. The founder on the Stresses Camping podcast. And Camp Spot and All Stays and Road Trippers. Road Trippers I don't use because I use RV Trip Wizard and they kind of do very, very similar things. But that's another option. So there's a lot of ways of finding what you need. Another thing that we have started to see are truck stops with RV specific camping in them. Travel centers, right? Yeah. They call them, I guess, pretty much referred to as travel centers like Loves and Flying, Flying J. J and Pilot. And some of those are actually starting to put in paid pull-through campsites that have hookups. We did talk to a truck driver in the past about you know, they are required to stop when they are required to yeah, stop. Yeah, it's the federal mandate under which they are licensed. And right. So, so sometimes they pay to make a reservation in a spot, and that's one thing. But it always feels a little, a little something to me. I don't even know what the word is. To take a spot because, and we're tired. If we're tired and we can't drive anymore, then, you know, for safety reasons, sure, we need to stop. But if we take a site that a truck driver really needed to stop on their mandated stop, then I feel really bad. Plus, camping between two trucks that probably keep their engines running all night doesn't sound that great yeah, to me. Yeah, it's not. Oh, and earlier we had mentioned potentially camping at Walmart. You know, there's, as Abby from RV Miles says, Wally docking or boon barreling, barreling which is at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> if you are planning to utilize those, you know, more and more cities are restricting them because of the bad behavior of some of us. Not, none of you, of course, right. but so if you do... Some cities and some stores specific, you know, even yeah. if the city doesn't disallow it, some stores are just fed up and they won't let you do it anymore. So no matter, I always say, no matter where, if you use an app or if you have a friend or if you, whatever, whatever, if someone tells you or if you find out that that's a place to stay overnight for free, I still recommend calling that store on that day. Whatever. Speak with someone in charge like the manager. Speak with someone who actually can give you permission and that you know that that's going to be true. And again, like with Harvest Host, patronize that place. Right. They're giving you a free camp spot, so the least you could do is go in and buy a carton of milk or something. Don't 
put out your barbecue and and if you are going to have to drop your stabilizers or your levelers levelers even more so put something down so you don't damage, so you the, don't damage the, the laptop yeah and, I mean, and remember that it's a stopover spot for the night it's not a campground right so right. that's why i don't want to go somewhere for two nights and unhook unhook the truck from the trailer that just feels like we're moving in and that's not okay yeah that's just not our style anyway those are some of our tips for hacking the full sign that you may see at <laughs> campgrounds and what do you have any great tips what have you found on the road out there we we love sharing this and of course one of the places you can share this is the fun and friendly stressless camping podcast facebook group <laughs> such a long name <laughs> it really is but you know we've had some great conversations there and that's what it's all about like the hokey pokey so there you go just stayed was a campground yeah and we you know we use the electricity we use the dump we use the beach yes <laughs> and we got to ride our electric xp 3.0 bikes all over the place yeah. thanks to where this was it was in dockweiler beach and it's in los angeles it is one of the few places where you can in southern california where you can camp right on the beach kind of sort of I mean, not all, you're not parked on the dirt. No. But we chose a site that was adjacent to the sand. So it just had a little, like, short railing fence between us and the sand. And unfortunately, in January, until the surf gets a little bit calmer, they put a big berm up on the beach throughout the whole campground area. Yeah. So we were right on the sand, but we still had to kind of look that direction or that direction to see the actual waves but that was that was probably not bad because the last night we were there for three nights yeah. and the last night we were there it was windy, really windy and yeah. we everything is covered in very fine sand here so the trailer is absolutely going to need a yeah. wash or sandblast or well no yeah. it got that yeah <laughs> The cool thing about Dockweiler in LA, there is a really long bike path right on the beach. And I think it goes from Torrance to Santa Monica or maybe further. And this RV park is right there. So if you want to go down to Manhattan or Hermosa or Redondo or Torrance or up to Venice or Santa Monica, man, you literally put your bike over the fence and, and off you go. Yeah, get and on that. And it's a concrete path yeah. that's very nicely done. People jog and walk and ride and Yeah, it is it's a it's a fantastic bike path and we took advantage of that with our e-bikes. Yeah. We rode a little bit of that, but then we went up into El Segundo. Right. And uh, El Segundo, we have talked about it before. It is a little beach town that was founded by what was then Richmond Oil and now Chevron. So it was the second refinery. And that's, that's how it got the El name Segundo. The Second. El Segundo is the second. But we had some really great experiences there. But back, just quick note about Dockweiler. It is right at the end of the flight path of LAX. Yes. And so every few minutes there is some monster jet flying overhead. Yes. And so it is there not is the place to sit outside and relax by any stretch of the imagination. Now and the, and there are fire pits on the beach, you know, these big concrete fire pits that they can move around, which is great, but there also are lights. 
Oh my in, gosh. In at the night, campground as a parking lot. So it was as bright as day. Yeah. And so one of the nice things, this new Rockwood has blackout shades at every window, including the windshield. Including the windshield. So it actually wasn't that bad once the shades were drawn, but I mean, you could shoot a movie there. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bathroom so nice bright. bright because the light was right over the, the in our trailer yeah light, you have the, the yeah the skylight the skylight yeah. and yeah it was it was constantly illuminated and the spaces are tight small but they're fun we had some fun neighbors and we got to meet them yeah we got to go super on the cool beach. people and it's just a short ride to hang out in el segundo yeah and we've talked about el segundo before this time we went to some new places that we hadn't been before, including Southwest Bread. Yum. Yeah, if uh, I know we said we're not doing much bread. I know, but, but when there's good bread, oh, I mean, it's good oh, bread. It's worth it, yeah. I mean, so, so, we, so we actually were headed to one of our favorite spots, the Blue Butterfly Coffee Shop. Yeah. Which had a line every time we went there. Out the door. Out across onto the sidewalk. The sidewalk. Onto the street, practically. And that's one of the downsides we found. We used to live in El Segundo many, many, well, 15 years ago. Right. And it was a sleepy little beach town, yeah. right? Where it was almost like a hidden gem. Oh, it's not hidden anymore. It's not hidden anymore. So it has become a, a, yeah, it's a people. restaurant. Yeah. Now that's the thing is there's a lot of great, great restaurants and that brings a lot of people in, which is good for El Segundo. It's not good for parking, but it's good for yeah. e-bikes. <laughs> yeah. So if you are, you know, to avoid the parking, if you're camped down at Dockweiler, we rode up Imperial, uh, hung a ride on Main, and it was not, I mean, with the e-bikes, it's so easy, right? Right. So we zipped up Imperial right on Main, and then there's the town, and they have provided places to lock up bikes all over. So it's mm -hmm. very bike-friendly city. It's a, right. it's a great city for that all of a sudden. Yeah, so the Southwest Bakery, we had some delicious sandwiches. Oh, Tony yeah. pre-ordered a loaf of sourdough to pick up the next morning so they didn't run out before we could get there. Yeah, apparently they run out, and it's it was worth it. I have... I have eaten already quite a few slices. <laughs> we did our absolute must-dos is eating at the Richmond Bar and Grill. Yeah, we've been eating there for a good long while. So and having some tiki drinks at the, the Purple, Purple Orchid, Orchid tiki Exotic bar. Tiki Lounge. <laughs> so yeah, I had funky monkeys. I had way too many funky monkeys. Yeah. My head felt funky the next day <laughs> for some reason. We visited our friends Sally and Lawrence at the <laughs> Studio Antiques. Store, and records which is now. now pretty much record store and you may have seen sally and lawrence they were on a show called baggage battles they were on storage wars around the bend so they've been on a few of these shows always portraying themselves because they are just fun people to hang For out with sure. and if you like vinyl my gosh they have got a selection it's insane i mean it's, it's crazy yeah if you're listening to this podcast as an audio, there's always show notes at stresslesscamping.com. And if you're watching this, I've put some, pictures, some pictures of the of the record. So it's it's it's, it's huge. huge. <laughs> we also went to the Old Town Music Hall where Tony and I had our third date and where Tony and I got married. Yeah, and what that is is a 1921 movie theater with a Wurlitzer Theater pipe organ. Right. I'll put some video of that. We we saw Citizen Kane. It's almost, yeah. It's usually older movies, uh, sometimes silent movies, and the Wurlitzer plays along. They have piano 
concerts and they just it's a beautiful beautiful place that it, it really deserves your recognition if you're ever in the area yeah it's truly an unusual experience in a good way it's it's so cool and we yeah. we love the old town music hall for a lot of reasons right so we also visited the zimmerman yeah Mobile driving museum it was stanley zimmerman who founded this he passed away last year it's quite the collection of cars. They have Eleanor Roosevelt's Plymouth. They have Stalin's Packard and a bunch of really great cars. And they have, I mean, they have Corvairs and army vehicles and all, all manner of different cars. But on Sundays, it's the museum that takes you for a ride. That's right. So you can ride around in some of their, the cars out of the collection. They pick a few cars and you go and and it's a five dollar donation to go for a ride and it's absolutely worth it because some of these cars are super cool so we so. got to ride in a model model a, a fire car like a fire car yeah like the chief's car or whatever there was a 1939 chrysler a challenger rt if you're a car guy this thing had the 383 it was a 1970 oh my gosh I was just in heaven. And apparently the dude who owned it, who gave it to the museum or donated it, whatever, loved that Mopar orange, Mopar orange and <laughs> painted the interior everything, Mopar everything orange. Everything that could be painted. So everything that wasn't the leather seats yeah. was painted Mopar orange. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, it's a timepiece, right? Fun. I mean, it was, yeah. so it and, was fun. And again, at the risk of sounding like everyone's great grandmother, I was so thrilled that a very quite young man in his 20s was driving us, was driving us in yeah, the Yeah, he's the mechanic, one of the and mechanics. He's one of the mechanics, and he's, he just was such a neat young man. I do sound like a granny. But, <laughs> but well, it's true, it's so exciting when young people are into this kind of thing, because we're only going to be able to take care of these cars at our age for a while another longer. 70 years another 70 years and then somebody younger is going to need to take right over. well that was at the old town music hall too there was a young lady a young lady there you i now i sound <laughs> old but she i asked her if she's a film student because a lot of the younger people who volunteer at the old town music hall are film students particularly from either usc or ucla but she's like no i'm in high school i'm oh yeah. Blimey. So. so it's just great. These things that are older and, you know, people are getting older and we need to encourage young people to do these things. And it's so great to see them out there doing these things. Yeah. So anyway, that was our trip to El Segundo, where the sewer meets the sea. Oh. I say that because a huge sewage treatment plant is there. And for years, it was an open sewage treatment plant. Your nose knew you were there before your map knew you were there so but we, now it's all we, it's all closed off and modernized we, right, so when we lived there we were directly between the chevron refinery and the sewage treatment plant. right yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah it was that was something <laughs> it's better now yeah so speaking of sewers and dumps and all that okay our rv of the week i teased a little bit about what we were going to talk about and the rv of the week is from a new rv company called brinkley rv and brinkley is a bunch of sort of rv industry royalty veterans you know people who have been in the biz for a while coming out with some new products so i know they're coming out with towable with travel trailers but right now they have two fifth wheels that they've announced one is that we've talked about before the brinkley model z 3100 
and this is the Brinkley Model G3500. Uh-huh, exactly. So what this is, it's a big fifth wheel toy hauler. And it has got the best fifth wheel kitchen I have ever seen. It is amazing what these people are doing. There's an island, as in a lot of these fifth wheels, but then at the end there's a piece that flips up so you can make it a U-shaped kitchen. There's this huge pull-out pantry that's held in place with like a foot latch. You pull it out and it's this whole configurable pantry. There is a knife drawer and a silverware drawer hidden up under the cabinet. Just so many incredible touches. I was really blown away by this kitchen in this fifth wheel. Huh. It's got a big toy garage, as you would expect in a fifth wheel toy hauler. And then as with a lot of these, you can drop down the ramp and then there's a, you can put a gate around that that's included. But this gate set up so well, I was also impressed with that. It's got a loft bed as many of these fifth wheel toy haulers have and that loft bed is all in the toy garage. So you literally, and it's got a second bathroom, you literally have sort of a whole separate sleeping, Sweet. yeah, for people in the back. Here's something. Hey, the RV industry, listen to this. We had already talked about the swishes and swirls. They have plumbed the two gray tanks together for one dump. Wow. That is not unusual in smaller travel trailers, maybe even smaller fifth wheels, I'm not sure, but the longer the trailer, it seems like a lot of times those dump, yeah, those there's dump two valves are in two different places yeah. and you have to hook up twice just to dump. Speaking of being in the dumps, oh, it has electric gate valves. You push really? a button and the valve opens. Nice. Yeah. And they're up in the, you know, they're protected against freezing. It's just so many things are, are different and well thought through on this. For example, if you've ever handled a 50 amp cord for an RV, you know, it's fairly thick. Yeah. And especially when it gets cold, that thing is really hard to maneuver. <laughs> well, this has a flat cord and it's on a Moride cord reel. It's really easy oh. to fiddle around with. And here's something else. I'm looking at you, some RV companies who specifically prohibit your RV employees from borrowing rigs. This prototype has been from Indiana to Florida and back so they could actually test it in real world camping. Yeah, I do not understand why manufacturers don't, don't allow and even encourage Sometimes I think maybe they should insist on their yeah. employees camping in their rigs because how do they promote and sell these things if they don't even know what if they don't even know what they're talking about? Well, and how many times have you been in an RV and you're like, what went wrong here? How did how does somebody with common sense not figure this out? Well, because there are actually RV companies that specifically prohibit loaner rigs yeah, and it's like weird. that's just dumb yeah it really is so anyway brinkley rv it's the g3500 i see neat things coming from brinkley build quality is good and they've just really thought things through so something worth looking at that's something i know a lot about is new rvs something peggy knows a lot about is water so we had talked about the electric gate valves 
And we get a question a lot. Oh. Peggy's like, where are you going with this? If you're watching the video, Peggy's like, let's see, what am I supposed to say? What the? What you talking about, Willis? Okay, so we see daily, hourly questions and conversations about whether or not you can use your toilet the way a toilet is meant to be used. Well, and it's even more specific, the toilet paper. Well, right, but I mean, so some people, okay, so maybe some people didn't use it right and they say, I have a clog, and half of the answers are, never use the toilet. Oh, I just that's don't just... think that's the answer, everybody. No, it's... The answer is use the toilet, but use it properly. And here are my two main, main tips for using a toilet, an RV toilet, any toilet, properly. Use plenty of water when you flush so that that paper doesn't get stuck on the way down. And also so that the tank doesn't sit full of dry that are dry right that causes what's called a poop pyramid yeah and oh you want to talk about spend some money yeah hiring somebody to clean that because that is not a desirable job it's not stressless camping no it is not so use plenty of water when you flush and use our rule is three sheets use a small amount of paper per use this is an uncomfortable way you know a funny topic to talk about but i'm not saying three sheets every time you go in that room i'm saying per, per application yeah you might have per to pass that, you might have to do that a couple of times if you particularly need to yeah so weird to say but keep those hunks of paper small so that they don't get stuck in the piping That's and and it's not trick. a septic system okay so right so it's not a septic system you're not putting that stuff in your black tank to dissolve completely dissolve and be done like a septic system does that's why you dump it but while it's in there you can do yourself and your next dump station a favor by using plenty of water and use some kind of a, a treatment and preferably not don't use anything with formaldehyde please that's getting more and more common that nothing has formaldehyde yeah thankfully but we really like the biological enzyme based treatments those will help things to break down while they're in your tank so that when they get to the septic system or the sewer system it's less of a chore for the next system to do if you use formaldehyde and then you happen to dump into a place that uses a septic system, you are destroying not your black tank, you're destroying that septic system. And that's just, yeah, yeah I just, ugh. yeah, not stressless camping. <laughs> I don't so, like it. Yeah, it's not so, stressless for anybody. So please just consider your treatments and consider using biological enzymes rather than harsh chemicals and do that every time you dump then go ahead and put some water in there to, to kind of dissolve that enzyme. Get your enzymes in there to start working right away. Use small amounts of paper and plenty of water. And you can use whatever toilet paper says septic, septic safe. Septic safe, because it right. will dissolve more quickly. It doesn't have to be RV toilet paper, which frankly is it's awful. Not fun Let's to be use. And it's expensive. <laughs> and it's very expensive for nothing, for no reason. So use anything that says septic safe, use lots of water, use biological enzymes, use we, yeah, we, your toilet. We had talked with some folks from Thetford about their chemicals, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Right.
So last week, as every week, we had a question of the week. And last week we asked, do you ever travel with group RV tours? Yeah, we saw a bunch of those mentioned at Quartzsite and we heard some presentations and it seems kind of intriguing. So what did people say? Well, most people haven't. A lot of people camp in groups and go as group with families and stuff, not necessarily caravanning around, but meeting up. Bill did do, and he has yeah. told us about this before. He did do a group last year, a group tour, and they went to Durango, Colorado, and then they went to Balloon Fiesta at Al in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. And then after that tour was over, then he came and stayed with us for a little yeah, while. Yeah, that was cool. And that's where we saw the Master Volt system in his RV. Right. And that last they had week, put in. yeah, last week we talked to Ingle, and he is the one that volunteers a lot to work at Yosemite, and he said that the European tours that he learned about in Quartzsite were very intriguing Oh to him. yeah, we're quite intrigued by those too. So thank you all for those answers. We kind of listened to some of those tours too and we're very intrigued by them as well. If we could ever find a time to slow down enough to take a tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> this week, we, Tony and I, have been talking amongst ourselves about storage and, you know, kind of rearranging and rearranging and I was wondering if you could please post a photo or give a description of your best either storage hack while you're camping or while you're traveling. You know, sometimes like yeah. we put a lot of things on the bed that come back off when we're done or things like that. So what is your best hack for organizing, either stopped or going? And you can answer those questions at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Whew, and I know some people don't like Facebook, but we really have a great group there. We do and have so a great group not, there. Not, you know, not that we're bragging about the group, but about you who are members of the group. You, you guys are terrific. And of course, did you know that we did a once a week newsletter? And it's absolutely it's free. absolutely free. All you have to do is go to the website and at the bottom of every page gives you the opportunity to sign up. We don't sell it. We don't give it away. We just use it to send you a once a week newsletter. And the website Peggy mentioned is stresslesscamping.com where you'll find show notes for this week's episode, episode 189. You'll also find great discounts and deals on the things you need for your stressless camping adventure. And if you know of any discounts, deals, or super stuff that we should be sharing with everyone, please do reach out and let us know. We have got a couple things going on that we'll probably talk about over the next couple weeks. Yep. So let us know. We're always open to new suggestions. And of course, we are in all the social places that you might be. And you can start at stresslesscamping.com in the upper right-hand corner. Our links to all of the social places that we are. Come and join us. Speaking of being social, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Amazon or Spotify, boy, oh boy, do we really appreciate any reviews you might leave. We certainly do. Yeah, it, that helps them know that people are listening and those reviews go a long way to sharing the podcast with the world. And speaking so, of Apple and Spotify and all those other ones that he listed, you know you can subscribe. It's perfectly free to subscribe to the Stressless Camping Podcast. That's for sure. We really appreciate you so much and the great things you share and your travel hacks and, and all of that. And most of all, happy, happy camping. camping! We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next Stressless Camping Adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! I can't believe your mic died in the middle. <laughs> <laughs>